episode in past episodes i had indicated that i didn't plan on discussing much that was controversial or anything that surrounded things like pretty much everything that you're seeing in mainstream media you know the politics the covid the racial tensions you know whatever we're being told to believe whether real or imagined. But I believe it's time to do that. I believe it's time to do that, even at the great risk of potential separation. At the great risk of some of my listeners deciding I'm not their cup of tea anymore. And also at the great benefit of some deciding that I'm absolutely their cup of tea. So I'm just going to cut to the chase. I think as a society, I don't just think I believe as a society that we need to pay attention to what exactly is going on right now. And it's much bigger than the individual topics that a majority of people are fighting over right now. Aimless name-calling and nitpicking and arguing over crap that most people don't know anything about. At least generally speaking, they don't. So I'm going to throw out a couple of quick disclaimers here before we get started. Number one, I'm not picking political sides here. I'll just be straight up with you. I've largely been a pretty moderate guy throughout my adult life. I like what makes sense to human beings. I don't like tying myself to one idea too strongly. Because if you only have one option, then you don't really have options, right? I want what's good for people, period. No questions asked. I've always been much more probably... If you were going to label me, and I never really talked about this much publicly, but I'm probably much more socially liberal, but I'm very conservative when it comes to business and the structure of life. But either way, I'm open to ideas, and I just want what's best for people. So I'm not picking the political sides here. I'm picking and choosing truth and what's good for people, whether I like it or not. Because I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of things out there I don't like, but I know that they're good for people, and I'll support that because it's not about me and what I like. It's about what's best for everyone. Second, I don't care if you wear a mask or not, and I don't care if you're vaccinated or not. Oh, boy, that might... Rub some wrong or most of you wrong or maybe none of you wrong. 
but we're going to get down to some truths here. I really don't care what anybody does in that regard. I have my own private beliefs. Those particularly I will keep to myself right at this moment because it doesn't really matter what I think in that respect. And I think that's something people should decide for themselves. And shaming and ridiculing others for whatever they decide is childish and a bunch of bullshit nonsense. We're at a point where we are lost in the silly details of life that have been provided to us. And we're not seeing the bigger picture. We're not grasping the bigger truth. We're not hearing what really needs to be heard. So today, I'm going to talk about that. Okay? Now, I'll tell you straight out right now, I'm not a doctor. And right now, everybody wants to talk about doctors and science. The science. The doctors. The experts. Okay? Well, fair enough. But one thing I hear occasionally mentioned, but it's, there's never a real deep dive on it, is the behavioral aspects. Now, I'm hearing people talk about oh, what it's doing to mental health and how it's affecting the children and how it's affecting you know, our psyche and all this. And that, that, that's absolutely the truth. But I'm going to expound upon that. And I'm going to do my best to articulate through over 15 years of study how the bigger and much larger picture of the mass hypnosis, the mass psychosis of how what is being presented to us is a purposeful effort into turning our population into a mentally ill society. Because let's face it, human beings on a whole, they've never thirsted after truth. We tend to turn aside from evidence that's not to our taste. And usually we end up preferring to accept the illusions of society because it's drama and it's sexy and it's fun. If illusion seduces us, whoever can supply us with that illusion, they're our master, whether we like it or not. According to the famed psychologist Carl Jung, one of the greatest threats to civilization lies not with the forces of nature, It doesn't lie with a physical disease. What it does lie with is our inability to deal with the forces of our own psyche. We as human beings, we tend to be our own worst enemies. There's a Latin proverb that puts it really well. Man is wolf to man in civilization. Jung also stated that this proverb 
is a sad yet eternal truism. And our wolf-like tendencies come most prominently into play during these times of history. Times like right now. Mental illness over the last 20 or 30 years has become the norm rather than the exception. This is a situation that Carl Jung termed as a psychic epidemic. And I think that this has become increasingly more obvious by the day. Now, again, before you put me on blast, I'm not attacking mental illness. I've dedicated a large portion of my time, including this podcast, because I want to help combat the negative effects of mental illness. That's why I went back to school. That's why I become a master life coach, a master NLP trainer. That's why I study cognitive behavioral therapy. That's why I've studied psychology. It is important to me to combat mental illness and help people who struggle with it. If not overcome it, at least learn how to make it a workable part of their life so that they can have some quality of life, for goodness sakes. I'm just merely illustrating this effect that we are experiencing this. And I want you to know what's happening in our society. Now, I'm not the smartest guy that ever lived, and I'm not the greatest and most aforementioned specialist on behavioral health, but I am very well-versed and well-studied. And I think and believe in most cases, if you ask anyone who has deeply studied behavior and communications, they would be hard-pressed not to agree with what I'm about to present to you. Now getting back to Carl Jung, he did, he wrote, it's not famine, it's not earthquakes, it's not microbes, it's not cancer, it's not the asshole around the corner. It's man himself who's the greatest danger to man for the simple reason that there's no adequate well-known protection against psychic, epi psychic epidemics. They're infinitely more devastating than the worst of all natural catastrophes. They really are. Because an earthquake happens and it's over. A flood happens and it's over. And I'm not, again, minimize, trying to minimize the devastating effects of natural disasters. But the ones that are in our head... We cannot escape those until we decide to escape those. So as I continue, we're going to explore the most dangerous of all psychic epidemics. And that is the mass psychosis of a society. This mass psychosis, it's, it's an epidemic of madness. And it's occurring right now. Because a large portion of our society has lost touch with reality. We've descended into delusions. We've created cognitive bias, cognitive dissonance. And these are all a result of this mass psychosis that we're experiencing. 
and what's happening this this is not just some bullshit tale of fiction people and we can point to some examples of exactly what's happening now it's happened before let's look at the american and european witch hunts of the 16th and 17th centuries right that's one and how about the rise of totalitarianism in the 20th century Let's look at first the witch hunts. Thousands of individuals, mostly women, were killed. They didn't commit any crimes. They were just scapegoats of a society that had gone mad. Matter of fact, there was very few women left alive after this frenzy had finally ran its course. This was all done just because they believed there was witches running around. And while maybe some of these people that were killed were questionable human beings, but they were still human beings. And they were slaughtered based off an idea that was fed to them and that they believed. You see, when a mass psychosis occurs, the results are always going to be devastating. Carl Jung studied this phenomenon and wrote that the individuals who make up the effect of society become morally and spiritually inferior. They tend to sink unconsciously to an inferior intellectual level. Then they become more unreasonable, irresponsible, emotional, erratic. They become unreliable. And in many cases, the worst of them begin committing crimes and injustices to men and women. Now, what makes this matter worse is that those suffering from this mass psychosis, they're unaware of what's occurring. So it's like, you know, for just as an individual that's gone mad, they can't step out of their mind to observe the errors in their ways. And I think we're all guilty of that to certain degrees with certain subjects. So there's no logical or mathematical point from which those of us living through a mass psychosis can observe the collective madness, or at least not easily. So the question that I I would ask, I think the question that should be asked now is, what causes a mass psychosis? So I'm going to answer that for you. What we have to do first is we have to explore what drives an individual mad. Now, there are many potential triggers of madness, um, excessive use of drugs and alcohol, brain injuries, other medical illnesses and such. Now, these causes, particularly, we're not going to I'm not going to let those concern us here. Those are physical possibilities. And again, not diminishing that, but that's not the subject we're on. Our concern pertaining to this topic is with psychological or what are called psychogenic triggers. And these are the most common culprits of a mass psychosis. The most prevalent psychogenic cause of a psychosis is a flood of negative emotions, such as fear or anxiety, and it drives an individual into a state of panic. And when a person's in a state of panic, that individual naturally seek relief 
as it becomes too mentally and physically draining to maintain or support oneself in this hyper emotional state. Now, you can't escape from this state of panic through adaptive means such as standing up to and defeating the fear generating threats. But another way that we escape this is we undergo a psychotic break, or some people call it a nervous breakdown. And contrary to popular belief, a psychotic break, it's not a descent into a, a state of greater disorder, as many people believe. But rather, it's more of a reordering of one's experiential world. A world that blends fact and fiction or delusions and reality, kind of in a way that in the feelings of panic, it, it helps. It's like a coping mechanism. Now, they're one of the 20th century's most, you know, foremost authorities on mental health, specifically schizophrenia, was an individual named Silvano Arietti. He, he explained a lot about these psychogenic steps that lead to madness. First, what happens is there's this phase of panic. And when a patient or individual starts to perceive things in a different way, they get frightened, they get confused, they don't know how to explain the strange things that are happening or taking place. Then the next step is what Arietta called a phase of psychotic insight. Now, what happens here is where an individual succeeds in putting things together, and they do it by devising a pathological way of seeing reality. And what that does is it allows them to explain their abnormal experiences. And this phenomenon, it's called insight because the patient finally sees meaning in relations in their experiences. But here's the issue. The insight is psychotic in nature because it's based on delusions, not on adaptive and life-promoting ways of relating to whatever threats uh, precipitated the panic, right? The delusions allow the panic-stricken individual to escape from the flood of negative emotions. But what happens, it's at the cost of losing touch with reality. Now, I hope I'm not losing you here. But I encourage you to go back and listen to this over and over and over. I know I'm becoming much more technical than I typically do. But I'm, I'm really trying to drive a point here at home. And if you stick with me, you understand what my point is. So for these reasons, Arietti, he said that a psychotic break can be viewed as an abnormal way of dealing with an extreme state of anxiety, okay? If a panic-triggering flood of negative emotions in a weak and vulnerable person can trigger a psychotic break, then a mass psychosis can and usually will result when a population of weak and vulnerable individuals are driven into a state of panic by threats, whether they're real or imagined. Now, as delusions can take many forms, and they usually do, typical psychotic madness can manifest in a lot of ways. Now, the specific manner in which a mass psychosis unfolds 
it will differ based on the historical and cultural content of the, I guess you'd call it an infected society. But in the modern era, it's the mass psychosis of the totalitarianism that's appearing to be the biggest threat now where, where we're at. There's a guy named Arthur Lewis. He was a professor of uh, political economy at Princeton University. He said that totalitarianism is a modern phenomenon of total centralized state power. And it's coupled with the obliteration of individual human rights in the totalized state. And there's those in power. And then there's those in the objectified masses. The victims. In this totalitarian society, this population is divided into two groups, the rulers and the ruled. And both groups undergo a severe pathological transformation. The rulers, typically, they're elevated to almost a godlike status, which is diametrically opposed to our nature as imperfect beings who are quite frankly, easily corrupted by power. Now, the masses, the population, on the other hand, they're transformed into the dependent subjects of these pathological rulers. And they begin to take on a psychology regressed, and it's, it's like this childlike status that we, that we accept. Hannah Arden. This was uh, one of the 20th century's most preeminent scholars. She attempted to take a look at the way that this former rule called totalitarianism trans- and the way it transformed human nature itself. This attempt at transformation only turned sound minds into sick minds, okay? The Dutch medical doctor who studied the great mental effects of living under totalitarianism wrote, there's a fact much that is comparable between the strange reactions of the citizens of totalitarianism and their culture as a whole. The social transformation that unfolds under totalitarianism is built upon and sustained by delusions. In every observed instance, only men and women that were deluded regress to this childlike status of obedient and submissive subjects. When people do this, they hand over complete control of their lives to politicians and bureaucrats. Only a deluded ruling class will believe that they possess the knowledge, wisdom, and acumen to completely control society in a top-down manner. And only when under the spell of delusions would anyone believe that a society composed of a power-hungry ruler or set of rulers on the one hand, and then the psychologically regressed population on the other will lead to anything other than mass suffering and social ruin. So I want to move on now to kind of what triggers the psychosis of totalitarianism, okay? The mass psychosis of totalitarianism begins with a society's ruling class. The individuals that make up this class be it typically politicians, bureaucrats, or crony capitalists, they tend to be very prone to to the delusions that augment their power. And no delusion 
tends to be more attractive to the power hungry than the delusion that they can and should control and dominate a society. When the ruling elite becomes possessed by a political ideology of this sort, be it communism, fascism, or technocracy, for that matter, which is kind of where we're at now, this next step is to induce a population into accepting their rule by infecting them with the mass psychosis of totalitarianism. This psychosis has been induced many times throughout history. And as the Dutch doctor that I was speaking of, uh, and also an author, Juice Mirlo, he explained that it's simply a question of reorganizing and manipulating the collective feelings in the proper way. The general method by which the members of a ruling elite can accomplish this end is something that he called menticide. And what menticide is, it's a systematic and intentional undermining of a person's conscious mind. And as Miralu further explained, menticide, it's an old crime against the human mind and spirit. But it's been systematized to this new ideal and method where we're at now. So it's like an organized system of psychological interventions and judicial perversions. And it's the way the ruling class can imprint their own opportunistic thoughts upon the minds of those they plan to use and destroy, which is us. Priming a population for the crime of menticide begins with the sowing of fear. Is any of this starting to sound familiar? I mean, we have something bigger at hand here. Look, when an individual, when they're flooded with negative emotions, such as fear or anxiety, he or she is very susceptible to a descent into the delusions of madness. Threats, real or imagined or fabricated, they can be used to sow fear. But a particularly effective technique is to use waves of terror, okay? And under this technique, the sowing of fear tends to be staggered with periods of calm. And over the last 18, 19, 20 months, have you noticed this sowing of fear with this staggered periods of calm, like they really get us stirred up and then it, it calms down for a few weeks or a month and then they stir us up and then it calms down. And then what happens is each time they stir us up and then let it calm down, that period of calm is always followed by the manufacturing of an even more intense spell of fear. And on and on this process goes. Each wave of terrorizing creates its effects more easily after a breathing spell than the one that preceded it. And that happens because people are still disturbed by their previous experience. So then the morality of man and woman becomes lower and lower and the psychological effects of each new propaganda campaign become stronger. It then begins reaching 
a public that's now already softened up, so to speak. Now, I'll fear primes a population for menocide, the use of propaganda to spread misinformation and to promote confusion with respect to the source of the threats and the nature of the crisis. That tends to help break down the minds of the masses. So you got government officials, their lackeys, mainstream media, and social media. What they do then is they use these contradictory reports, these nonsensical information, and even they'll just flat out blatantly lie. The more they confuse you, the less capable you'll be able to cope with the crisis. This happens not just with individuals, but with a population. And then this diminishes their fear in a rational and adaptive manner. So now you have the confusion portion of it. In other words, it heightens the susceptibility of a descent into the delusions of this totalitarianism. Juice Mirlu once said that logic can be met with logic while illogic cannot. It tends to confuse those who think straight. The big lie and the monotonously repeated nonsense have more emotional appeal to us on the average than logic and reason. And while the people were still searching for a reasonable counterargument to the first lie, these totalitarians begin to assault us with another, and then another, and then another. So before we can even process this in our minds, you know, we're already being attacked with the next thing. They give us just enough time to ponder it, and then they jump right back on us before we can even make sense of the first challenge that was thrown in our face. This creates a lot of confusion. Now, what I will say compared to times before, at least based off my studies, I've never before in history seen such effective means used to manipulate a society into the psychosis of totalitarianism. With the exception of probably Nazi Germany. And maybe a few other places that I'm not well studied on, but it's happened and it's happening again. Because look at it, man, our smartphones, social media, television, the internet, all these in conjunction with the algorithms that they use quickly censor the flow of any unwanted information that allows those in powers to easily assault the minds of the masses. Which hence is why there's a lot of censorship going on right now. Also, the addictive nature of these technologies means that many people voluntary, they're voluntary and, and, and they just do, they just go along with it. They subject themselves to the ruling elite's propaganda. And they and we do this with remarkable frequency. I mean, shit, you're you're listening to this right now on a smartphone or computer, which kind of proves my point. Let's be honest. How many of you could put your smartphone down for a whole entire day and not look at it? How many times can you live with the silence of your own mind? How many times can you not check your email, not check social media, 
not watch the news. Be honest with yourself. Most of us, I wouldn't say we can't do it. We just won't. We will not exercise the muscle to just put it down and turn it off. I mean, modern technology teaches us to take for granted the world we're looking at. You know, we, we take no time to retreat and reflect on much. You know, technology lures us on dropping into its wheels and its movements and its gears. And it's, it's, it's just like a magnet. It's like a train wreck. You just can't stop watching it. No rest, no meditation, no reflection, no conversations. And no, arguments in a thread is not a conversation. It's just someone trying to win a conversation. That's not really a conversation because a conversation is a two-way thing. The senses, then, are, they're continually overloaded with stimuli until the average person, they just don't even learn to question the world anymore. You know, the screen offers you answers, ready-made. So you just take them. You don't think for yourself. I'm not just pointing a finger. I've been there. I've been there, too. That's hard to admit. That over the last 20 years that we've just become an absolute moronic slave to the device that's in our pocket the computer or laptop that sits in front of us, or the television that we magnetize ourselves to. I mean, it's just like following the march with scales over our eyes. And then rulers, they take advantage of this. And they do it to increase this chance of this totalitarian psychosis they do this by encouraging isolations and fears and to disrupt normal social interactions when alone and lacking normal interactions with family friends and co-workers people become far more susceptible to delusions for several reasons first we lose contact with the corrective force of the positive example. Not everyone's tricked by the bullshit of the ruling elite. After all I've studied, I certainly am not. And to the individuals who see through the propaganda, those of us who do that can potentially help free others from the menacidal assault. And those people like us are not very popular. Especially with those who are trying to push their agenda. However, if the isolation of people is enforced, and uh, I think we've been seeing that, the power of these positive examples greatly diminishes. It's another reason that isolation increases the efficacy of menticide it's because like many other species human beings are more easily conditioned into new patterns of thought and behavior when we're isolated 
So think about it this way. Is all this isolation really for COVID? Or is it for a much larger nefarious purpose? I mean, don't get me wrong. COVID's nasty. Absolutely is. But there's been a lot of other nasty things floating around out there. And they've never forced isolation on people before. Not the healthy anyways, for God's sakes. Like, yeah, the sick, but you, know, you quarantine sick people. But when you isolate healthy people, some will say, well, you don't know if they're healthy. You don't know that they're not. How about this? Consider Pavlov's significant discovery on behavioral conditioning. Like, you know, Pavlov's dogs. If you don't know what that is, I'm not going to go deeply into that, but I'll get, give you a basic understanding. The condition to reflex can be developed most easily in a quiet area with a minimal amount of disturbing stimuli. Every trainer of an animal knows they know this from their own experience. I mean, isolation and the patient repetition of stimuli are required to tame wild animals. Ask anybody who trains dogs, who, who breaks horses, you got to get them isolated and you have to keep a consistent amount of stimulus to them to get them broken in the way you want to. And that's what these totalitarians have figured out and they follow this rule. They know that they can condition their political victims most quickly if they're kept in isolation alone, keep them confused and battered by waves of terror that come from the news and social media and things of that nature. And this population right now, which is us, and we're under attack of this menticide. If we don't do something about it, we're going to descend into this, continue to descend, I guess you could say, in this hopeless and vulnerable state. This never ending stream of propaganda, it's just ridiculous. It turns minds that were once capable of rational thought into these silly ass, stupid ass playhouses of irrational forces with chaos swirling around us and within us we crave a return to a more ordered world well that seems natural it's like well then why doesn't everything correct itself well th this is this is why these would-be totalitarians they now take a very decisive step at this point what they do is they offer a way out and they return to order in a world that seems to be moving rapidly in the opposite direction. And we will give you your freedom back, but it will come at a price. Maybe it's not even freedom. We, we will get you some kind of normalcy, but this is going to come at a price. The, the masses must give up their freedom and cede control of all aspects of their life to the ruling elite. We must relinquish their capacity 
you know, we, we have to do this. If we want to get back to normal, we have to do what they say. We have to give up our capacity to be self-reliant individuals who are responsible for our own lives at the price of becoming more submissive and obedient subjects. In other words, we must descend into the delusions of the totalitarian psychosis. These totalitarian systems of the 20th century represent a kind of collective psychosis. And it doesn't matter if it's gradually or suddenly. This reason and common human decency, they're no longer possible in the system. And they know that. There's only a pervasive atmosphere of terror and a projection of the enemy imagined to be in our midst. The society turns on itself while being urged on by the ruling authorities through subliminal and hypnotic suggestions. The order of a totalitarian world, it's a pathologic order. They do this by enforcing strict conformities and requiring blind obedience from citizens. Totalitarianism rids the world of of spontaneity. And, And that's the stuff that produces many of life's joys and the creativity that drives society forward. The total control of this form of rule, and it doesn't matter what name it's branded, whether it's ruled by scientists or doctors or politicians or bureaucrats or a dictator, it breeds stagnation, it breeds destruction and the death on a mass scale. Perhaps maybe the most important question how can we prevent that? I mean, we, we've been introduced in to the early to mid stages of this mass psychosis. So, so can this be reversed? That, that's the real question we're looking at right now, folks. There are steps that we can take. They don't have to be violent. They don't, they don't have to be ridiculously terse. But what I will say is it's going to take many different approaches from many different people. Just as this menticidal attack that's being put on us is multi-pronged, our counterattack is going to need to be multi-pronged. If we really want to return to a reasonably sane world, the first thing we need to do is bring order into our own minds. We need to live in a way that provides inspirations for others to follow. I mean, people are crying out for the Redeemer personality, the one that will emancipate themselves from the grip of the collective psychosis to save their own soul and then begin to figure out how to shine a a light of hope for others. You know, standing tall and proclaiming that I'm at least one man who has succeeded in removing myself from this fatal identity of the group psyche. 
Now, there are other steps that can be taken, but you must get yourself right first. We're too worried about freaking other people. We need to be worried about ourselves. I was like, oh, that's selfish. Right now, in, in that particular way, we need to be selfish a little bit. We need to take this step and get above the noise. Turn all this bullshit off, people. Turn off the news. There's nothing there worth a damn. It's like pro wrestling. They don't want you to know how to think. They just want to tell you what to think. It's like the good guys and bad guys of pro wrestling. They don't care about good and bad guys. Only thing they care about is getting an emotion out of you. They want you to cheer. They want you to be pissed off. They, they want you to feel. They don't want you to think. Okay? And until you squelch out this noise, this frequency that's being broadcast to you, and you change the channel to the peace of your own mind, you're going to struggle with this. It, I will literally sit sometimes in silence for hours at a time without a single word being spoken with very few thoughts running through my head. And most people I talk to will, I mean, they just can't, I can't, it's just quiet drives me crazy. It's just like going to the gym. You can't go in and lift you know, a bunch of weight until you get yourself in the shape to do that. It's like exercise. You have to exercise yourself to a point where you can do that. Most people, they can't go for a walk without plugging in earbuds. They can't sit somewhere by themselves without turning something on. They can't sit in their house without their TV being on. Even if they're not watching it, I just I need that background noise. No, you don't. No, you don't. Who's flying the plane, man? Who's flying the plane? You or someone else. Do you want someone else flying the plane in your brain? I sure as hell don't. I'm flying my own plane. This is where it is imperative that you get to. It was like, well, I got, I got to know what's going on. I mean, I gotta, I've got to tune in. I mean, I've got to see what's going on in a world. In a world of things that you 99% have zero damn control over. And you're worried about what's going on here and what's going on there and who's doing what when you don't even have your own affairs in order. It's fucking embarrassing. To yourself. We need to begin to create a new culture. And we need to stop 
and we need to, to resist the shit that's going on. Now, I'm not talking about the smaller stuff. You want to, again, going back to the beginning of the podcast, you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. It's awesome. Go ahead. If, if you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you don't, don't. This is a, at least here in the United States and in your most developed countries, there are some that are not. We're free. We're supposed to be free. That's a freedom of expression and choice. And now you're going to tell people that, you know, I'm fine. Vaccine, no vaccine, mask, no mask. But now you're going to tell people vaccine passports. So you're going to make people show their papers. That sounds like some Hitler shit to me, man. Show me your papers or you can't come in here. You know, show me your papers or you can't go to the grocery store. You can't go to the concert, can't go to the baseball game. You know, it's like Jim Crow shit. Oh, white's only water fountain. People's like, oh, well, that's false equivalence. No, it's fucking segregation, man. It's time that we get our heads out of our daydreaming asses and realize that this life is real. It's not a fantasy. And it's time that we start realizing that these people that are supposed to be our leaders are leading us right down the path to the shitter, to the quagmire, to the sand trap, to the quicksand where we'll be perpetually stuck and reliant on their help. Because after all, they know what's best for us. They don't. They don't know what's best for us. So how do we combat it? You just start by saying no. If you're okay with something, then you're okay with it. But recognize there's a price to pay for that. Just like if you say no, there could be a price to pay for that. There's always a price to pay for things, people. It doesn't matter what it is. There's a price to pay. You just have to decide what price you're willing to pay. We're being fooled, people. This isn't about COVID. That's just the mechanism. It's not about racism. Man, I've got friends from all over the world in every continent. Some of the most beautiful human beings I ever know. This is not about race. You need to get above the COVID and the race. And you need to see that this is about control. This is about elite chaining you up and holding you down and taking away everything that makes human beings great. Just sit in your box and keep your mouth shut. Do what we tell you to do. and Push the buttons and turn the knobs and fill out the paperwork and don't question it. Oh, and then we're going to also take half of everything that you earn. 
Don't you see what's going on? Don't you feel what's happening? We are now a part of the largest behavioral experiment in human history. Menticide. Mass psychosis. Making the entire population mentally ill and codependent on their masters. This is not a theory anymore. It's not conspiracy theory. It's not a, it's not a theory anymore. It's no longer a theory. Now, you want science? That's fucking science right there. Okay? Everybody wants to talk about the medical science. You know what? You're thinking too small. You need to pay attention to the behavioral science. You need to pay attention to the linguistics of the freaking brain and how we operate behaviorally and from a communication standpoint. You need to understand the cognitive behavioral aspects of what's taking place, the mass hypnosis that's being perpetuated, as I've explained in this podcast. And we need to wake up and get informed. I'm not talking about woke. I'm woke. Stop. I'm talking about really wake up from this long winter's nap and pay attention to what is going on. Because we're going to lose it all if we don't, man. I started Believe, Build, Conquer because I wanted to believe in myself and others, build skills, techniques, and ideas, and then go out and conquer your fears and dreams. Be the person you want to be. Be yourself, not being anyone else. Because you're an original. You're still an original. And that's important. It's got to stop, people. It's got to stop. Or we're going to lose our way of everything. No more creativity. No more art. No more free speech. No more ability to go where you want, when you want. I keep hearing people say they're going to take our freedoms. They already have taken a bunch of them. Don't you understand? You, I, and everyone else have ignorantly allowed this to happen. When we signed that contract, get that cell phone, them computers, man, we were under surveillance. I'll be surprised if this podcast stays up. Because I, I don't know if anyone has fully explained all this in this way to this extent. I'm sure somebody has. But putting myself at possible great personal risk, I just decided to do it. Because I believe in myself and I believe that each and every person has the opportunity to do something great with their lives. And if we don't do something, there's not going to be any building in concrete. We can believe all we want at that point. 
And, you know, masturbating your fantasies isn't the same thing as mastering your life. You've got to have all three. You can't, you, you, it's believe, it's build, and it's conquer. You, get, you can't just do one. They're all necessary. So for any of you that's made it this far, I'm assuming you're on board. And if you're not, I don't know what to tell you. I wish you well. I don't hate anyone. We need to stop hating. We need to start having conversations. We need to agree to disagree on some points. The government doesn't care about you. They don't care about you. The Democrats don't care about you. The Republicans don't care about you. The liberals, the conservatives, you, you, could, you could pick a side. The other's the enemy. No, enough of that. We're one race with a human race. And there's a small number of people that's trying to control the whole lot of the rest of us. I encourage you to go back and watch a movie. I think it's from 1998. It's an animated film. It's called Ants. They're the grasshoppers rule ants. You know, there's just a small handful of grasshoppers telling thousands of ants what to do. And then there's this point where there's some resistance. And the grasshoppers start questioning it, like, oh, man, what, what's this and that? And the lead grasshopper goes, we cannot let them find out that they outnumber us 10 to 1 or 101. It's been a long time since I've seen the movie, but we cannot allow them to outnumber us. Because if they find out that they do, our way of life is over. And that's what we have now. We have a very small number of people, albeit rich and powerful, who are trying to control the masses. They cannot arrest us all. They cannot kill us all. Well, maybe they can. But if they can, then what are you worried about anyways? I'd rather go out with a fucking bang, baby. I'd rather go out swinging for the fences. If that's the case, because I don't want to just be alive. I want to live. I want to live a life and explore and grow and be on that journey. I'm not interested in destinations. I'm interested in the journey. And then when it's time to go home, whatever home is for you, whether it's heaven, whether it's the collective energy, whether it's nothing, whether it's hell, wherever you plan on ending up or wherever you actually end up. I know I don't plan on going in on a well-preserved body. I plan in sliding in sideways, dents and mud all over me, beat up, engine clacking, shocks busted, saying, man, what a hell of a ride this has been. Say no, people. Say no. Before you don't have the ability to say no. Because if you don't, then all this is over. All of it.
I appreciate you coming out to believe build conquer today. And I wasn't sure how I was going to present all this and, and everything. I had some notes wrote down and I just want you to get the point that we're all being screwed with. We're all being fooled. And it'll stop when we say it stops. And that's it. Think about this. Go out and start thinking for yourself. And turn the bullshit off. It's bad for you. Have a great day, everybody. Believe, build, and conquer your life. I love you all. Take care.